Oh, Romeo and Juliet, set in fair Verona in Italy with murder and flowers and blood running through the streets in the morning, where families are so disconnected that only their maidens know their children's age. Not to mention a three-day love sparked from star-crossed lovers and a tragedy of their death as a one spikes themselves in the heart whilst the other drinks a potent poison, all in the name of love. Hmm, maybe this isn't as good as I thought. Let's ruin it, shall we? You're listening to Ruining Fiction and we are your hosts, Katie. Hi. Marty. Hi. And Serafina, story ruiner since, well... Today, this is our first episode. How are you guys feeling? Very nervous. Also very excited. I've always been a fan of commentaries and like fiction, so this is very exciting. There is raging blood flowing through my veins because I definitely hate this story. Fair enough. This was literally your first idea for this, so understandable. Romeo and Juliet is what I studied for GCSE, for those that don't know, and I complained the whole way through. I'm still complaining to this day, even though I'm not taking it for A-level. I will complain. You will complain to the end of time. We're all complainers. We're proud complainers here at that. But we should probably get a move on and see what the plot actually is. And since you are so knowledgeable, Katie, feel free to totally go off about this, to put it in plain speak. Let me tell you the plot. Romeo and Juliet, a play set in Fair Verona where two families are found feuding, the Montagues and the Capulets. Of the Montague family, the male heir has found himself in love with the Capulet, Rosaline. He quickly forgets this girl as he is peer pressured into a party where the female heir to the Capulet line, Juliet, is found. She just so happens to be betrothed to a 19-year-old called Paris at the age of nearly 14. The two fall in love and become quote-unquote star-crossed lovers as their forbidden love flourishes for a whole three days. During this time, the quote-unquote hot-blooded Italians, (coughs) racism, involves a lot of murder, resulting in Romeo's banishment from Verona. Juliet decides she could not live without her husband she's only known for a few days, deciding to fake her death. Word gets around to Romeo, who makes haste back to his home city, only to find her lying, quote-unquote, dead in her tomb. Not realising she's actually not dead. He kills himself. Juliet soon does the same, once she waits to find his cold, lifeless body. The play ends in a tragedy, yet a warning to the families to never fight again. And that, my dear friends, is the plot. So much for a story that's meant to be the basis of love, am I right? Yeah, pretty much. Yeah, it's actually really heavy, isn't it, Marty? Yeah, I remember I was very much a hopeless romantic, so a teacher gave us some parts of Romeo and Juliet to read, and I was thinking, that's it? Like, that's that's the romance that people have been talking about? That's sad. It has been overhyped for centuries, folks, and that is exactly why we are here to absolutely destroy it and crumple it into little pieces. <clears throat> I'm sorry, Katie's infectious destructive attitude is rubbing off on me. <laughs> I think we've noted down a few points in advance. I'm just going to start us off. How Julia is basically a rebound from Rosaline. H- how do we feel about that? He seemed really in love with her. I mean, it's typical for people of that age. A like, 17-year-old boy. Especially boys. No offense. <laughs> but it also goes into sort of like the theme of Romeo and Joe with like destiny and fate. Like if he wasn't peer pressure at that party, that wouldn't have happened. Mm-hmm. 
Yeah, I think Romeo is very rushed. He's a character which definitely has the character trait and flaw of he rushes into things too soon. Juliet can often be seen telling him to slow down and Friar Lawrence can be seen saying, those stumble who run fast. But, for me, that doesn't excuse his actions. I mean, come on, Romeo, you seriously went for a 14-year-old girl after you couldn't get the girl that was roughly the same age as you, who you idolised like a creep. Yeah. The age gap is very, very worrying, though I suppose maybe that's part of Shakespeare's message, but we'll come back to that later towards the end. I don't want to brush over the fact that that was some really, really poor planning, though I suppose that was rather in character. All of the lovers in the story are all teenagers, like around our age, like younger, older-ish. Yeah. Not a good move, but I suppose it fits. Leading on from that, the length of the romance. Three days. Technically a week if you count the amount of time that Juliet was sleeping. Mm. As a quote-unquote dead person. As they do. Because she didn't want to be away from her husband, who was banished for murder, because that cousin murdered his friend by accident. She's trying to murder him. You can't see her, but she looks like she's about to boil over like a kettle. <sighs> the story is a bit disappointing. Actually, I should point out the fact that, spoiler alert, this wasn't Shakespeare's creation. Romeo and Juliet was based off of a poem, wasn't it, Katie? Yes, I was shown this at GCSE, but we saw a poem in which it was still the love, and it was made as a warning of, well, teenage romance in a way. The marriage lasted for three months. They knew each other for a bit of time before that marriage, and I believe it still ended in death, although I may have to cross-check my cross-check my facts. Expect an edit, if that is true, about now. It's true. The original poem ended in death, and the nurse and apothecary die for being involved in their deaths. And you also like added that Romeo and Juliet were almost the same age, which makes more sense since they were just one year apart. But Shakespeare decided, let's make Juliet like much younger and Romeo a little bit older. Yeah, and to make them both a bit more stupid. Another thing I do want to mention is that this is what society has deemed as true love. Whilst we're on the topic of three days and they quote-unquote found true love, this is what is often depicted to kids, especially in adaptations such as Romeo and Juliet, as true love. This is how you form a relationship. You get to know each other for a very short amount of time, rush into things, and then die for one another. At the age of, I don't know, 14. Is that really a good message? If you were a parent and you had a kid, would you want them having a boyfriend for three days and then suddenly deciding they want to marry him? Not even that. One day and then deciding they want to marry him. Behind your back, without your knowledge. This isn't true love. This is teenage stupidity. This is fantasy. This is not a mistake to be made again in our generation. People run off with boyfriends, with girlfriends, and that gets them into sticky situations. Stuff they haven't been taught about before, except for Romeo and Juliet, where it's, oh yes, they both die at the end, but they loved each other so, so, so very much. You make a very, very good case there. At least here in the UK where we're recording this, there are PSHE lessons where we learn about healthier relationships and things like consent and communication and red and green flags and things like that. 
If anyone treats you like how Romeo treats Juliet, my advice is to run because I think he is, correct me if I'm wrong, love bombing. Where he immediately finds someone and puts all his affections, like so much effort there in a short amount of time. And I feel like that's gonna fuse out, realistically. Because three days you wanna marry them, it's going too fast. And he's gonna get over you really fast. Just like he did with Rosaline. Can we also come to the point that Juliet was set into an arranged marriage, or not even really an arranged marriage at this point, it was more a forced marriage in the end. She was supposed to have an arranged marriage because she was set up with Paris and they would leave it for one or two summers before she was set to marry him. But that only sped up once Romeo killed Tybalt. Did I mention there are spoilers in this episode? (laughs) I mean, everyone knows how it ends. Yeah. Yeah. I have to mention, even if this was set in Elizabethan times, you can see Lord Capulet is probably speaking from Shakespeare here. Shakespeare is speaking through him to say that even at the age of 14, Juliet is still too young. Paris counters by saying, at younger ages have merry mothers been made, which is extremely creepy. If you want to not be seen as the bad guy, I would recommend not saying you're into younger girls. Mm. It's still clear that Shakespeare wanted this to be more of a warning against arranged or even forced marriages at such young ages. Not to mention how it could have been worse if Paris or Romeo were older. It could be worse. They could very definitely be in their 30s. That would be completely normal as well. Which sort of delivers a standard for Elizabethan society and helps us understand more that they were not as good as we are these days but even so i think our society still has opportunities to improve Mm -hmm. because in many parts of the world young girls at age 12 13 14 are still forced into marriages they don't have as much of a choice as they should they can't give consent at that age and that's widely agreed upon in many first world countries girls and boys under the age of 16 or 18 cannot consent And this is completely true in this story. Romeo is 17. He should have more of an idea of what he's doing, and yet he doesn't. He lets Juliet lead him on, when really he shouldn't. It's not appropriate, and he's not quite being sensible, and he's letting his heart lead him. It's not just his heart, I think it's more of a lust. Mm. Mm. How about, since I'm already talking about it a lot... We move on to the character side of this show, where we discuss the characters more in depth, tell you more about them, and tell you what exactly is wrong with them. All right, you never know. Well, speaking of right, let's try and bring some light to the conversation, because I guess Makushu is all right. Compared to everyone else, I guess he's okay. In a scene in the play, Makushu can be seen calling the nursemaid of Juliet a boat, I think. What? A ship? He essentially calls her wide and calls her hot and attractive, catcalling her as she walks on by to tell Romeo something. Oh, I just realised you can interpret the boat or ship as, like, being able to bear a load, cough, cough, children, and just, oh. Oh my god. That's worse. Then again, the nurse is also very highly sexual, as she explicitly says to Juliet, on her wedding day, she will be on her back. Oh, no! The nurse is very quick into telling Juliet that her purpose is to bear children, and that's almost it. That men will want her to bear children, and that they like them larger. (sighs) Welcome to Elizabethan society! Another person I think we should discuss is Friar Lawrence. What do you guys think about him? 
Wasn't he the one who gave Juliet the poison? He was. Oh. And also didn't give Romeo the message in time that Juliet wasn't actually dead. That was actually due to the plague, so that's the only oh. thing we can't fault. Okay, fair. He gave the message to Friar John, who then tried to get to Romeo in time, but was caught in a town and quarantined due to the plague going around at that time. Which is also very fitting with Mercutio's A Plague of Both Your Houses curse, because the plague was around. It's just maybe not the plague he thought it was. Do you think that Friar Lawrence being a friar should have had more of a responsibility for Romeo and Juliet? Do you think he should have tried to keep them alive at the very least? I think he could yeah. have, but I felt like the parent should have like been more there. Not gonna lie. Mm. I mean, he's a priest, he has his other duties. Like. <laughs> so the reason why Shakespeare said Romeo and Juliet in Italy was because he didn't want to criticize England and upset Queen Elizabeth. So... He said it in Italy, and this is also where the racism of the hot-blooded Italians Katie mentioned earlier is about, since stereotypes were very common in Elizabethan era. The very same can also be seen in The Merchant of Venice, where Shylock is portrayed as a stereotypical Jew, wanting blood and dealing in dirty money. Mm. Again, stereotypes in Elizabethan era England were very prevalent. But then again, you can also talk about Friar Lawrence slightly having a responsibility and also maybe buckling under some pressure. Juliet did threaten to kill herself in front of him if he refused to do anything in the next like five seconds. She didn't really give him much time. And again, that sort of reveals the more childish nature of our two protagonists. Mm -hmm. But also you have to say that suicide was more taboo back then than it was right now because it's mm. thou shall not kill and killing yourself counts as murderer. So, Which means you'll be sent to hell if you do so. So yeah. it's even more stakes for a yeah, priest so or a friar. Priest, he didn't mm. want, you know, that poor girl to go to hell, so he did what he had to do. Mm. Exactly. Romeo, I have some of the most issues with. I don't think he really loved Juliet. I think he just loved the idea of, like... Yeah. Very often, their love, quote-unquote love, was compared to holiness, compared to statues of an angel and a pilgrim, kissing and holy palmer's kiss and all that sort of stuff oh it's... and very often he also did the same with rosaline but he more put her on a pedestal kept her out of reach and saw her more as a goddess in a way which again it isn't really the best thought because it means that you're more idolizing the thought of her and you're less idolizing actually being with her yeah. and you're less idolizing her in general you're with them so you can quote unquote experience that fantasy of which you have Furthermore, he falls too hard into too many characters. He blames fate and the stars in his famous quote, I defy you stars. He very often falls into the trust of others, such as Friar Lawrence and his friends, Mercutio and Benvolio. He very often falls into really tricky situations, such as sneaking into Juliet's garden and balcony when he knows the risk of getting caught, is almost going to be death at that point. Adrenaline junkie. Yeah. yeah. And also, very unhealthy idolisation there. It's less romantic once you're looking at it in this perspective, like falling in love with an idea rather than the person. And I think it just mm. sets a really bad standard, especially to this century, when we're supposed to be more involved with these ideas of love. Romeo and Juliet is known as one of the greatest romance of all time. So having that sort of idealized version of that story and diving into it, you find out that Romeo was once in love with a girl named Rosaline. 
And the way he describes her is much similar to how he describes Juliet. He's very much smitten by her, by her beauty. And how quickly he gets over her, in my opinion, kind of ruins how you see his love for Juliet. If he hasn't died, probably, I wouldn't be surprised if he fell in love with another woman the same way as quickly. And with Rosalind being closer to his age and him falling in love with Juliet, who is much younger, it kind of brings a very bad stereotype of men falling in love with much younger women. And I think it's that idealized version of her. As Katie was saying, he always calls her sort of like holy or angel. And I think it's sort of like youth and innocence that are combined with each other with that image of a younger woman. Points well made, Marty. Overall, in conclusion, Romeo and Juliet should be taught, but it should be taught more as a warning. It is a tragedy, after all. It is still a tragedy. It should be a warning of young, dumb, foolish love, and it should be a warning that you should never dive too deep because you don't know the consequences. You should maybe listen to guides around you, but you should also rely on your own instinct. And if that instinct includes dating 14-year-old girls... Maybe don't listen to that instinct and take a step back. I think Romeo and Juliet should be taught with all different kinds of perspectives than it is already. I feel like it should be argued against again and again and again, and debates could even be written off of this one piece. It has so much potential, and yet it's not being utilised, in my opinion. Well said. Any further thoughts, Marty? No, because I remember we were speaking a while ago and I just... Because we asked that raising question of why do people romanticize Romeo and Juliet so much? They just like the idea of love being so powerful that it makes you go against everything you know, everything you love. Love will just push you into doing things Mm. because of love. And that is a very dangerous ideology, in my opinion. Yeah. Mm. Sum it all up. Just be careful. In a sentence, just be careful when you're in love. Love is a dangerous drug, is what I say. And And with that, I think that's the first episode of our Ruining Fiction complete. Indeed, we have 100% torn this overhyped play into shreds. Now you can never watch Leonardo DiCaprio the same way again. Have fun with that. This episode of Ruining Fiction was produced in-house today. It was mostly written by Katie and Marty and edited by Serafina. If you like this, please subscribe to Just Another Student Podcast on Spotify, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you listen to podcasts. We'll see you guys soon. Bye. Bye.